Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freightwaves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Uh, please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're using to listen. Today, I'm honored to be chatting with good friend and former graduate of American Trucking Association's LEAD ATA program, Anna Fafford, VP of Strategy for CK Trucking, an intermodal drainage company headquartered in Chicago. Great to see you, Anna. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. It's an honor to be here, and I'm really excited to get this conversation going. Well, during today's conversation, uh, I want to make sure that we touch on your background and kind of what got you into the industry. Uh, I'd like to discuss how the driver shortage challenges are impacting the intermodal drainage business that you're in. Uh, I'd like to talk about your role in helping to shape the future of the industry with Lead ATA and the work you're doing with Trucking U. And of course, we'll take a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that uh, all work for you? Sounds great. Before we dive in, though, uh, I want, as you can see behind me, this my background here, a lot of times people say, is that fake? But it's not. I, I love to read uh, and, I, and I love standing in front of this is in my library, in my home. Uh, we're still, you know, working from home, working remotely. Um, we were talking about books that maybe you've read or anything that you're about to read that you're really interested in. Can you share something that uh, might resonate with this particular audience? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, I will say there are no books behind me. Um, I don't find myself with all much time to read, but I'm always trying to stay up to date with all industry articles, um, lots of reading from that standpoint. And recently, a colleague recommended to me that I go back and read a book. It was published a few years ago, for sure, um, called The Box. It's about how the shipping container made the world smaller and the global economy bigger. And I've, I've just started to dive into it and got some travel coming up. And that's usually when my best chance to read is on the airplane. So I'm looking forward to jumping into that book, especially being in the drayage world we are now and just the globalization and how it has started from that one box. So that's that's interesting, intriguing. And I look forward to adding that to my uh, to my wish list as well. Um, now. You've been with CNK for 11 plus years, but but trucking wasn't your background prior. Uh, how did you get into trucking? How did that how did that happen? Yeah, I would say that it definitely wasn't on my radar. When I graduated college um, from Purdue, I had a bachelor degree in management, so general business, and I was going into banking. I joined LaSalle Bank in Chicago, a middle market bank, in their credit analyst program. And one of the neat things about that program was it gave you different rotations throughout the bank to try out different departments. It was just by chance that the first rotation I had in training was with the surface transportation group. LaSalle Bank had specialty groups. It's one of the things that made them unique, that these lenders would become kind of experts in particular areas and then be able to go out and talk with prospects and clients, hopefully more intelligently, right? And so... I got placed into transportation and I have to say at first, there is no way I was excited about that. I was like, what? Trucking? Like other people got some things that seemed more glamorous at the time, like real estate and maybe even healthcare. Um, but as, as you know, and anybody who gets into transportation, it really does open your eyes to how big of an industry it truly is and how important it is. So I was definitely drawn to the complexity, the contribution to the overall economy, 
mean, but most of all, it's the people, right? Um, from a banking perspective, trucking added an extra level of challenge, which I liked. So not only is trucking seasonal, cyclical, super tight margins, like a penny's business, like that, that's a challenge. That's a challenge to, to structure any sort of deal and to analyze that credit. So that was exciting. So transportation kind of hooked me from the start. Um, but like I said, it really comes down to the people and the, the team that I met there at LaSalle um, was incredible. I, they were so knowledgeable. They were good people to be around. And so after I completed the training program, I did do my other rotations in like general middle market lending. I did do real estate and um, I was really excited to be offered the position to join that surface transportation team. So when I joined that team, it just so happened that the portfolio that I started to develop was all trucking. Um, so I had everything from some tank truck clients to expedited to LTL to even trailer leasing. And so you really got to know a bit about the industry and the differences that all the different companies can have. So it was really, it was exciting. Like it's what drew me in. I was drawn to the entrepreneurial spirit of trucking. I mean, it, it still amazes me to this day that so many companies started with just one truck. And they may have grown to hundreds or thousands now, but that honestly doesn't make them much different than that independent contractor out there with one truck. Like they are just as essential to the overall supply chain as some of these bigger companies. And I guess it hooked me from there. So after Bank of America purchased LaSalle, I stayed for um, a couple years, but decided I was ready for a change. And it was at that time, my my old boss um, from the bank, he was able to introduce me to Mike Burton, who owned CNK Trucking. So I jumped on that opportunity to switch to the other side and no longer be a vendor to the industry, but to see what it was like to actually work for a trucking company. And the industry is, is your point. It's, it's, it's huge and uh, essential as we've certainly, not that we didn't know that already, but it became even more apparent, I think, to the, to the rest of the world. Uh, who are not in trucking. And then also it's as big as it is, it's, it's very tight knit to your kind of point. It's you really build relationships and they, that they last a lifetime, especially if you stick around. Now, uh, drainage is, is one of many critical sectors in, in transportation. How has the, the drainage business been impacted by the driver shortage challenges uh, in the industry that the industry has experienced, you know, um, since early 2020 and, and through COVID? Yeah, it is. It is definitely a critical sector when you're talking about that global economy as well, right? I mean, especially when you're talking about international freight coming into the ports. I would say that one of the things about drayage that's unique is that there are a lot of independent contractors. So you have a lot of truck drivers making their own decisions, independent decisions as to what's best for them. And what we've found is between some of the scares of being out there early on in the pandemic with COVID, um, and then the availability of government assistance, that did cause a lot of drivers in the drayage world to take a pause. Um, doesn't mean they're all gone for good, but they, they have taken a pause and we did see that impact us. But then there's also the chasing of more profitable freight. I mean, the, the drayage business is, it tends to be more consistent, lots of drop and pick, type of accounts. Um, but when the spot market goes like it has, 
people might decide I don't need to be home every single day. I'm going to try and do that long haul freight because it's really paying well. And as an independent contractor, you have a lot of that flexibility to kind of chase that more profitable freight at a time. So we do see that impact the number of drivers that are in drayage. But then, I mean, you just look overall, the impact of COVID in general has caused port congestion, labor shortages, other delays. I mean, I'm, I'm certain most of your listeners here have, have seen pictures off the coast of LA with all those ships, right? Just sitting, waiting, those containers to be unloaded. And that just adds a level of complexity and challenge to the job um, that makes maybe being a drage driver a little more complicated, a little more challenging, and maybe a little less enticing. Um, so we, we have seen that I think we have lost some drivers. Hopefully they will come back as things start to shift back into whichever our new normal is. Um, but we are definitely seeing an impact of shortage of drivers. Well, and, and I read a recent article uh, just within the last couple of weeks about challenges, not just uh, the, in the long haul sector, but uh, in a, in a drainage uh, environment as well. And, and to your point, you talk about, you know, they're home every day. And that's generally speaking, the drivers that, you know, want to get out of long haul, that's what they're looking for. Yet we're all, all these different sectors are all struggling with the same challenges. And I think, you know, I know uh, another, I think it was president uh, of, of CNK may have, uh, I think a recent blog article where he talked about the chassis shortage, the challenge that, that that creates uh, in, in the sector as well. Um, there, there's no there's no shortage of issues that are uh, that lead to the shortage of drivers. That's for sure. We're all dealing with that. Um, I don't know that there's any super easy solutions, but uh, um, it's something that we've all got to work together and 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 put our heads together and, and figure out. Now, you and I first met because of your participation with the LEAD ATA program. Can you share, um, you know, you know, what that experience was like and, and how you feel it's benefited you in your career? And, and before you do, you know, that is a group where people are trying to get together and figure out um, the challenges that the industry faces, provide solutions. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that the ATA does in general. So, you know, how has that helped you? How has your experience with LEAD ATA, you know, benefited you? Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if you don't mind, I'll take a step back just a little bit and say that my first experience with ATA was actually when I was a banker. So we would attend conferences to learn about the industry. And also, let's be honest, you got to meet a bunch of your clients and prospects all in one place. So you had to travel a whole lot less, which was always a bonus. Um, but it was there that I really learned about ATA and really began to appreciate the network and the people and the education and, and what they are doing. So I, I've always kind of had that in the back of my mind as I was getting into the world of working for a drainage company, right? And so it was after some time at CNK that I was talking with Mike Burton about, you know, what can I, what can we do? What's something that, um, for me to take another step? And we found the LEAD ATA program. So he encouraged me to apply and I did. So I was lucky enough to be included in the class of 2019. And I have to say, I was so honored to be a part of it. 
But now that I know all of the people that I was peered with, I'm even more honored. I'm not certain how I got picked because this is an amazing group of people and just so talented, so knowledgeable in covering so much of the industry um, from technology vendors to, again, like the different carriers, LTL, um, the big guys, the little guys. It's, it's fantastic. Um, they, they're a great group. I would say that Lead ATA helped open my eyes even more to policies and regulations and, and how being involved really does matter. And, and you have a voice as a member of ATA. And, and that was fantastic to, to learn more about and to be a part of the call on Washington, right? I mean, you just, you get so much out of those experiences, um, but you can get even more if you put time and effort into it. So my lead ATA class, it may sound almost cliche, but they truly have become like a family to me in the transportation world. I can call up any of them. We can send a group text to ask a serious question or to joke about some article or something we saw. Like we are a are close group um, and I can really rely on any one of them. But one of the even better things about lead is that it's not just your class, right? You really do start to develop a network with those alumni of the LEAD program and then all the future candidates. And then you have the ability to walk into a conference with maybe 4,000 attendees and, and have someone to walk around with, to talk to, to answer questions, and then meet the people that they know. So it's just a continually expanding network, which is just invaluable. You really can't you can't replace that with anything. So I'm a huge supporter of the LEAD ATA program. Well, and a couple of things. Uh, I think I just saw an announcement about the LEAD ATA program opening up for, for new entrants. So uh, for those of you listeners, uh, something you might want to look into, uh, you can probably do a quick uh, search on ATA's website about the LEAD ATA program. And if you're a member, um, I think there's a sponsorship, you know, process that you've got to go through and it's, it's, there's not a whole lot, there's a lot of interest generally, and there's only so many, so, you know, so many people get selected, but it's a, like you said, it's a really interesting uh, opportunity. And, and you mentioned advocacy being one of the things that you learned a lot. And one of the things that I learned early on as I got involved with ATA is, and just in trucking in general is, you know, the importance of having a seat at the table. And, and if you've heard the, the phrase, you know, if you, if you don't have a seat at the table and you're on the menu, you know, it's really important to get involved or, you know, you're what's for lunch. Uh, one of LEAD ATA's focuses is to educate and prepare, you know, young leaders for the future in the industry. You're also involved with another ATA program called Trucking You. Can you share uh, with the audience what Trucking You is and also share your involvement? Yeah, absolutely. So Trucking You was born out of some ideas that a lead ATA alumni and Elizabeth Barna had. What they wanted to do as ATA has begun to recognize the need to bring in the next generation and some of our workforce development challenges, they wanted to bring in college students into the industry. Um, one of the things that we have learned from Trucking U is that there are a lot of great supply chain schools out there. They talk a lot about logistics and globalization but trucking doesn't always get as much attention as, well, we're biased, we think it deserves. So Trucking You was born, right, as this, this idea to bring students to MCNE and give them a Trucking 101 class, 
let them walk the exhibit hall, see all the things that trucking has to offer, help them start to build a network. And so I first learned about this at an educational session at MCNE a couple years ago. I was looking through the agenda, deciding what to go to, and I saw that they were going to have a panel of students and you had the opportunity to ask questions and to learn what would make them interested in coming to trucking. What can the trucking industry do differently? And so it was sitting there listening to them talk and it just kind of clicked with me and drew me in because I've been working with CNK to kind of build their internship program. And this just was so aligned with what I had been doing for a few summers already that now Trucking U seemed natural to start to get involved. Um, the Trucking U team, what they do is they go out and present. So they'll present at different business schools, to different business fraternities, to some counselors, wherever we can get in the door. Um, this past year was mostly virtual, right? So we were doing everything <laughs> through Zoom or Teams, uh, as well as just sending out like videos to people. But the team was able to present at over 80 universities um, to 80 different groups. I mean, that, that's amazing. Um, all we're trying to do is to get people to notice and understand that the trucking industry is a very viable option out there for them. And we'd like them to come and learn more. Trucking U allows the students to come to MCNE. They, it's free, it's free to them. We get sponsorship from the Trucking U team. To, they don't have to worry about travel. They can come, they get a mentor assigned to them to help them walk through and not be intimidated by the size of the exhibits and by the people there. Um, and they get to network. So they're networking with other universities and they get to network with, with LEAD. Um, they get to network with some of the chairmen of ATA and then all of the other people that are there. So it's a wonderful opportunity to get students interested in thinking about trucking and some of the possibilities that may be out there for them. Well, I, I think we can all agree on the critical nature of the trucking industry and, and, and that providing a path for young, new talent is an important part of you know, sustaining you know, progress. Um, trucking U seems to you know, provide that opportunity right, to match these you know, ambitious college students that want to get into the industry with career opportunities uh, in the industry. Um, I realize it's relatively new, but can you speak to any of the uh, successes so far? Yeah, I mean, I think first success is that in 2017, when it started, we had one university and 10 students. Well, this year we've reached 10 universities with accepted students and we've accepted 20 students. So that's huge already in my mind because the hope is, and what we see as a success from Trucking U is that any one of these students, they go back and they talk to their friends, they talk to their classmates, they ask their professors other questions about trucking so that more people can learn about what we have to offer. But aside from that, we have had some students seek out internships from the network that they've made and some even take full-time positions after that. So we are getting students into the field of trucking and it could be in HR or marketing or dispatch, so many different areas that we're kind of opening their eyes to possibilities. And for us, the success is the more people that know about trucking and see how great of an opportunity it is, the, the better Trucking U has done its job. Awesome. Well, speaking of creating a path for young new talent, uh, this might be a great segue for our deeper dive segment where 
I take a question submitted by a listener seeking expertise. Uh, the question is, how can we get new drivers in the industry if they fear that autonomous trucks will eliminate their job in the future? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, autonomous trucks get a lot of talk. Um, and it will definitely be something that I expect all of these trucking new students to ask us about um, when we meet at MCNE this year. I'll say I recently read an article about millennials and Gen Z, or also called the Zoomers, how about getting them into supply chain and why they aren't applying now. And one of the things that stood out to me there was technology. We talked a lot about how millennials and Zoomers, they've grown up with technology. They use it everywhere, right? It's in everything that they do. They may turn off their light switch, not by clapping like people used to or even flipping a switch, right? They are doing it from their smartphone or their watch. They are utilizing technology in every aspect of their lives, probably even when they're sleeping because they're probably wearing their Apple watch or something and seeing how their sleep is patterns are, right? So what we need to do as an industry is, is truly embrace that technology. Autonomous trucks is a great way to do that. I think we need to try and change some of that narrative. So it's, it's not about losing jobs. It's really about the path of creating more jobs um, that revolve around technology. And, and I think students today, they aren't necessarily looking for that long-term career, right? They're not looking to say, I'm going to become a driver and I'm going to drive for the next 30 years. They're interested in, in a more short term, right? So, so I think the draw can be, you come in, you start driving, but we need drivers that understand how trucks need to work in order to have autonomous trucks continue and flourish, right? I don't think we should be scared from them as an industry perspective. I think we need to embrace that. And I think it will help with the next generation because some really neat technology in my book to drive a semi-truck down the road without somebody sitting right behind it. Well, and I'm, I'm with you. The concept of, uh, you know, autonomous or semi-autonomous technology, <clears throat> I think enhances the, the, the driver experience today. And as that uh, technology continues to evolve, it'll uh, create a, a greater experience and I think could help in terms of attracting more newer, younger entrants to the industry. Um, and now on that note, while trucking you as, as well as lead ATA, can help pave the way for opportunities within the industry. You know, one thing, you know, what do you think we need to do in order to attract more new drivers and technicians into trucking? I mean, you're obviously doing your, your, your part with lead ATA, with trucking you, you know, what else can we do? We need to impact the image. You know, what else, how can, any other thoughts on what we can do? Yeah. I mean, I really think that the narrative of trucking being essential, I hope everybody continues to push that because what I think will help us kind of expand our pool of employees is, is people just knowing about the scope of trucking, all the different opportunities that are out there, and, and that it is a good, essential job. You can be proud in that job. And that's an, another thing that the article I read mentioned about millennials and Zoomers is they want to work for a company with a mission that they believe in or they know that they are doing good. And I think that truck drivers are that. They are essential workers and they are doing the job that this country needs and that people need to get their medicine, to get their food, et cetera. And I think we need to really work on that narrative as an industry and, and not let people forget. You know, the, the other thing that is trucking is, it's dynamic, it's problem solving, 
right? And it is very much technological. And, and those are three things that this next generation looks for and that they are, right? I mean, they are problem solvers and they are adept to change and they definitely do embrace the technology. So if we can work on as our narrative as an industry and really push that, I think that's going to help. That's going to help with drivers. It's going to help with technicians and that's going to help with office staff. I think there's a lot of great things about trucking and we just got to maybe change our narrative a bit and push it out there to the next generation. Well said. You know, last year seemed like forever to get through, yet 2021 is going so fast. Uh, you mentioned the uh, ATA MCE conference uh, um, this year, this October in Nashville. Uh, I assume you will be there. And uh, and if so, well, that's fantastic. I look forward to seeing you there. Um, Thank you so much, Anna, for joining me today. I appreciate your passion for the industry and I look forward to seeing you uh, in Nashville this October. Thanks so much, Jeremy. It's been a lot of fun. Pleasure to be here. And yeah, can't wait for the conference and to get to meet everybody in person, especially some of these super talented Trucking U students. They're going to impress everyone. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road. Trimble creates technology that empowers carriers to maximize resource utilization and streamline the driver experience to help them stay safe, compliant, and productive. Find out how by visiting transportation.trimble.com.